Welcome to Torah Smash, the podcast for nerdy Jews, where our lives of Jewish learning collide with our love of nerd culture. In each episode, we discuss what we lovingly call a Torah Smash, which we have defined as a beautiful collision of one thing from the world of Judaism with another from nerd culture. I'm Ethan Lane Miller, and joining me today are Barack Malkin, RDY. And to anchor today's episode, I'm going to be starting with a little bit of Torah coming from the book of Exodus. Surprise, everybody, starting with Torah. Yeah, well, you got two choices. It's one of my five favorite books. (laughs) One of your five. Do you have a favorite book of the Torah, RDY? Wow, what a great question. Would you say I ask good questions? I think I would say you ask good questions. Yes. I think um, it's like trying to pick your favorite child. How about this? Not Leviticus. Okay. Yeah, I'll take it. No, that. that's fine. As a, as a mathematician, I have to say that my favorite book of the Torah is Numbers. That's that's only by name. Only by name. Absolutely. It's definitely think, not my favorite. It is not the same when you read it. I was just debating between Genesis and Exodus. I'd have to go with Exodus, the you know epic story aspect of it. So uh, going with Exodus, and I'm, I'm going with the quote from chapter 2, verse 22. I have been a stranger in a foreign land, which is Moses naming his son Gershom, which you know essentially translates to a stranger there. Yeah, it's Gershom. Gershom, thank you, Rabbi. So it's a deep kind of thing to consider, and and the decision behind it. You know, why would Moses name his son after his own personal experiences, not about something aiming towards the future? And so. It got me thinking about how there are so many Jewish stories about being the stranger in another land. Moses in Egypt, Israelites wandering in the desert. There are so many stories also that put an emphasis on the importance of welcoming the stranger. So we as Jews seem to be a little predisposed to stories that are about being this kind of fish out of water person in this brand new world and environment. And so we expand this out to the diaspora, and it feels like one of the root shared experiences of Judaism is about being the other. And we seem to be drawn to it in media and especially in nerd culture. So today, I want to talk to you about a bit of nerd culture that has some nice intersections with Judaism and the concept of being a stranger in a strange land. I have a first guess straight off the bat, just based on the wording. Are we going to do Stranger Things? We are not. Oh, it's like they, they're in the upside down, which is a strange land. The phrasing of it, that would have been nice. See, I went I went to Star Trek Strange New Worlds because it's Ethan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. well, I'm, try, I'm trying to be sensitive <laughs> to space out all of my Star Trek episodes, but I've got... Space out. <laughs> oh, oh, that was good. I will tell you, you're both on the right track. It is a TV show. Oh, okay. Of a stranger. How current is this TV show? Perfect Strangers. It is not Perfect Stranger. And how current of it is a very good question, Barack, because that helps give me another oh, clue to you. I know. No, if you're going to, you can give the clue, but if you have an asterisk to how current is it, I know what the answer is. Okay. Go ahead. You give your this clue, show yeah. has been canceled and revived several yep. times now. Yeah. Okay. The answer is showing this form of a question. What is Futurama? Dun 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 dun. 
Yes. I've never I, watched oh, that. we're doing a Futurama episode. Yay. We are. Good so, news, everyone. This is wonderful. I was so nervous going into this because listeners, the three of us have a rogues gallery where we write out the things that we've seen. And as I was preparing for this episode, I realized in a massive mistake on my part, I never thought to put Futurama on that list. So I went into this <laughs> with no idea if my co-hosts had seen this. We got a thumbs down from RDY, but I'm going to venture and make a guess here that Barack yes. has seen Futurama. All of it. Yes, absolutely. Oh, good. I, I know that it's Matt. I can't, I don't know how to say his last name. Greening? Groaning, groaning, um, groaning. I really don't know. Groaning. Someone write in. <laughs> so, I know we're gonna get. I mean, I, I'm glad we don't have a phone number. Or we get a voicemail. Yeah, I've seen the episode. I've watched all of the show, and I I remember pivotal pieces. I don't remember like all the side character names, yeah. but that's coming back. I'm super excited. They just announced that it's coming back yet again. And they're yeah. going to have another season of Futurama. It's like the third time it's been canceled and come back. Yeah, it's it's incredible. It's yeah. a good thing we can't connect it to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will uh, say I'm sad that it's coming back again because the ending that they did when they when it finally came back again oh, was yeah. beautiful. It was a beautiful ending. And part of me is like, why are you continuing it? That was a it was a wonderful close to the series. But Okay, I'm super excited by this Futurama episode. Yeah. yeah. Take it away. So, so for RDY, Futurama tells the story of Philip J. Fry, a pizza delivery boy from the year 1990 who is accidentally cryogenically frozen and reawakens New Year's Eve of 2999, so a thousand years into the future. He finds himself a stranger in a new world that he barely recognizes. He was in New York and reawakens in new New York, which is built above the ruins of old New York. Which before makes it a tell. And <laughs> oh, as in is the T for, for Jason, what's a tell? A tell. Not is, in poker. It's not a poker tell. Right. No, it's, it would be T E L uh, or Tetlamid. It's when you have a hilltop that's made from the ruins of one city that's built on top of the ruins yes. of another city that's built on top of the ruins of another city that's built, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. So it, precisely. There's also, and speaking of things that are in ruin, they also have the new New York Mets in Futurama. So that's very nice. Please send your hate mail to the Bur ruins of the old Mets. No, no. <laughs> Please send your hate mail to Barack. Um <laughs> So Fry is is stuck in this place. Being like, I don't want to be a delivery boy. This sucks. He meets up with his distant, 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 distant nephew, who's in his one hundreds. So Fry is like a young guy. So his he meets up with his nephew, who's like his great grandfather in age wise, and he gets hired to be a delivery boy and discovers being a delivery boy in space is a lot more fun in the year twenty nine ninety nine than in nineteen ninety. So to start. You know, we have a big fish out of water story. And I'm curious, this is one of my favorites. Do do y'all have a favorite fish out of water story in, in nerd culture that really resonates with you? Just in recent history is, you know, Thor as one of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Does that count? You think that counts? He definitely doesn't belong, which is why sure. they, they kind of like leave him yeah. in 
Thunder and he kind of longingly wishes they didn't, but yeah. I'm hoping he's in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in some capacity. Yeah, we we are recording this the eve of the premiere of Volume 3. Brock, I, th- how about you? There's so many stories that have this person in a space that they're not used to, that's not really for them, and they affect it in such wild and amazing ways. I'm like really struggling to nail down one. I can start with Tom Hanks Big. It's a very different fish out of water, but he is not used to being in the grown-up world, and it is a wonderful mix. Back to the Future? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, that's so many. You're right. I, I asked for one and like we, uh, we start snowballing these different things. I mean, RDY, there's of course, Star Trek Four: the voyage home, the one with the whales where the crew goes back in time. Holy should have said that one. Silly. Me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's rife full of stories. So I, I want to twist this RDY from a Jewish perspective. And of course, Barack, you can answer too. Is there a favorite Jewish story that involves a fish out of water? Hmm. This is a good question again. Um, I can't think of. There's not the same hijinks in the Torah that we get in like modern media, because although I want somebody to not just be a fish out of water in a new place, but would they have an impact on the place they're going? Like maybe Jonah literally out of a fish from water, and he goes, and yes. because he visits the land of Nineveh, they change their ways and. So technically because he was there, but there wasn't really like fun and hijinks along the way with the people of Nineveh that also affected him. And you also have a, have an affinity to Jonah that we'll find out in our next episode. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Cause I'm from the future. Um, <laughs> I think one of the reasons I'm struggling to think of one story that stands above all others is because the Jewish people have from the dawn of our existence been fish out of water. We, we have long struggled to belong to the societies uh, around which we, you know, live and, and raise our children. Even in biblical times, there's, you know, we were the ones who were kind of like breaking off from everybody else and starting this new culture with this one God who, who was the only God, which was unique at the time. And we were really out of place in those elements. And we're sacrificing animals in a world where they're sacrificing people. And we're stopping sacrificing in place of prayer in a world where people are not ready to stop sacrifices and and on and on and on. The the reform community, especially when when we find ourselves in Germany at first and America eventually that that we wanted to blend in and we tried so hard to blend in and the struggles that we've always had doing that and and now today with technology changing under our feet so fast that that many Jewish people are finding that we need more Judaism that speaks to today's technology and the the needs of today's younger generations that that's so great rdy and i wrote about this in my master's program plugging spurtus institute um (laughs) just about how covid has had a lasting impact in so many ways but one of them being like the idea of a zoom minion is that you know that would have never been a thing that we even thought about five years ago and now 
that's a real thing for many congregations, for many Jews. Yeah. I think I thought of a fish out of water in the Torah. And I think, uh, or do I make sure I'm on the right name? Is it's, I think it's, I think it would be Joseph, right? Whose brothers got rid of him. And so then he was in a jail in a space that was unfamiliar. And then, so his dreams affected those around him in which turn, you know, affected the king who took him out of jail. Like he became this person not familiar with the land whose crazy dreams, you know, changed the thoughts and direction that those people were going. And there in turn also changed who he was becoming because of his interactions with them. Yeah, I think you're right on all of that. But I would add that Joseph is probably more of an amphibian out of water because he's so adaptable mm. to different oh, interesting. irons. Yeah, mm. very fun. Maybe yeah. even Moses would be the same kind of, you know, um, Hebrew baby raised in. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Although raised by his own mother with it because she was his nursemaid. Right. But he didn't know as a baby that he was Jewish. And so while it's a fish out of water, it's really more of like an adoptive upbringing story. I would argue that he probably did know because Yochevet was Moses's nursemaid. So when when Moses was brought out of the water by Batparo, Miriam was standing by the water going, hey, Hebrew baby, I know a Hebrew lady who could nurse him for you. And Farah's daughter says, yeah, let's do that. And, and Miriam gets their mother. And says, oh, here, here she is. And Paro says, I'll pay your wages. You nurse this baby. And so Yocheved takes her own baby and raises her with air quotes for Pharaoh's daughter. Right. Okay. Yeah, there's, I mean, this could almost be its own discussion, but like there's something to be said about it's not just fish out of water, it's fish out of water, but with some level of adaptability to it, because you can never survive otherwise. I mean, literally fish out of water, but also metaphorically. Mm-hmm. There's some adaptation, assimilation into the culture you're in, uh, the the basic right. survival. That's yeah, sure. maybe a different episode for another time. <laughs> um, one of the things that I really love about Futurama, and I, I've been thinking through what is it that just tickles me about this show, is it actually has a really good amount of Jewish humor in it. And we talked about um, one of the creators earlier. Futurama has a You're not going to attempt his name again? No, I'm not. <laughs> notice, I, notice I skipped that. Um, Futurama has a co-creator, David X. Cohen, who is a Jewish writer. Mm-hmm. And so sprinkled throughout Futurama, um, and sprinkled might be putting it lightly, there's Jewish punchlines and Jewish themes that are present all throughout the series. Well, Dr. Um, Zoidberg is oh, we're, definitely Jewish. We're, we're going to get to Zoidberg. Don't yeah. you worry, Barack. That um, sounds like a word Jerry Lewis made up. <laughs> well, a, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, that sounds pretty much like him. I mean, yeah, yeah. actually, that was great. Um, I think my two favorite punchlines are um, in one episode, and it's, and it's really a throwaway gag. Uh, there's a robot B'nai Mitzvah called a Bot Mitzvah. That's B-O-T Mitzvah. Oh, that's amazing. Funny. Or there's an episode where one of the characters goes back to college to help his old uh, fraternity. And as he's like trying to help this fraternity stop being lame, one of the current college students sighs and goes, even Hillel has better parties than we do. Wow. <laughs> that's not only a Jewish joke. That's a hard dig. Oh, it was it was great, and so Futurama is is a media. It's it's a, a thing I consume that 
I consider to not be explicitly Jewish, yet has all these elements of Judaism and Jewish humor sprinkled throughout. So I want to ask you, what constitutes not explicitly Jewish? Like, where's the line between saying, okay, this is a show that has a lot of Jewish elements in it, or, oh yeah, this is a Jewish show? Hmm. I think if uh, the rough part is that culture today, secular culture sort of dictates that if it's not stipulated, it's likely a Christian show. They'll have a Christmas episode. Sure. A number of other ways to sort of just be, quote, American, which means Christian usually. They'll and, call it a holiday episode, but it'll all be about Christmas with a little menorah in the background. Yeah, yeah. Well, so so Futurama does have Christmas episodes, but they also typically feature the... Kwanzaabot and Hanukkah zombie, as as one does. <laughs> as one does. <laughs> Hanukkah zombie, of course. <laughs> Make the Jews the brain-eating monsters. Mm-hmm. With he love. Has... <laughs> With love. I just, maybe like, there's like a he has risen joke in there. That's for Passover. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I would say, I would say like, what makes it a Jewish show? I don't know if I would put, the, like, our podcast would then label many shows to be Jewish shows or movies based on our conversations. I think that shows that make a conscious decision to have character or storyline based out of it. Right. So transparent moon Knight, Goldbergs, Goldbergs, right. There's Rugrats. so many shows. What was the last one? Rugrats. Rugrats. Right. Yes. Yeah. There's so many shows that actually are Jewish. So shows because their holiday special is a Hanukkah special or Shalom because they have a Shiva. <laughs> Shalom says, I don't think you can count. Sh- well, I guess right. most shows coming out of Israel are going to be Jewish sh- shows. Um, so I think there needs to be that really firm connection for people outside of our podcast to say, yeah, that's a Jewish show. But I, I don't think I'd look at, you know, Futurama um, as, quote, a Jewish show, just a show that has a lot of fun tips of the hat to Judaism. Yeah, that that's about where I'm at too. And your comment about the Christmas episode was really illuminating for me because yeah, Futurama does have those Kwanzaa and Hanukkah gags throughout, but they they do have Christmas episodes. Of course, in this case, Santa is a robot that comes out to murder everybody on Christmas, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's horrible. <laughs> it's no, it's 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 really great. It's really fantastic. <laughs> is it like the purge? No, no, it's more like you batten down the hatches on X-Mix is what they say. Yeah. Um, Unless you like any bad thing has been a bad thing to Santa. And yeah, the the idea is that Santa, they eventually humanity decided to build a robot Santa, but they messed up the programming. And so everything is coded as being naughty. So everyone's (laughs) on the naughty list. And so Santa, you know, has to deal with it. I mean, that's a lot worse than a lump of coal. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's so, like, this is Futurama, like the funny intellectual stuff. So, so I agree with you, Barack, that Futurama fits that category of it's not a Jewish show, but it has a lot of Jewish elements in it if you choose to go uh, looking for it. So we talked about some examples of things that are explicitly Jewish, like Goldbergs, Rugrats, is there a media you consume that is not explicitly Jewish, but has a lot of Jewish elements in it that you enjoy? Hmm. The media I consume 
with a lot of Jewish elements that isn't explicitly Jewish. Right. Like what, what's Jewish adjacent? So I, th- I think for me, I would choose crazy ex-girlfriend because there's a lot of Jewish elements sprinkled throughout it. Mm. My favorite musical number is remember that we suffered, which is, uh, you know, performed at a, I believe it's a bat mitzvah in the show. Like a robot mitzvah or a regular one? No, this this one this was a was a woman, a young woman. I I think part of the difficulty I'm having is that part of my whole teaching style is that I look at pop culture with what I call my Jewish eyes, and you know I think that's part of what got me invited to this podcast in the first place nearly a year ago is that. We take things that are not intended to be Jewish and see the Judaism in it. So for me, one of the things that's been just kind of stirring in my mind since I saw it about a year ago is the the show Made, which was about a woman and and her daughter and her abusive husband and all these all these problems and trying to find work with no skills and no training and you know like what can she do in the world. And every episode of Made, I think there may be a total of eight, had to me what was clearly a Musar value mm. apparent. Mm. And Musar is the study of Jewish values to help understand ourselves better. And so here's this woman going through a story of major self-improvement. Um, and to me, she was using Musar. But that wasn't written into the show. That was my Jewish eyes seeing it. I'm trying to think of right. I have a very similar not answer answer as RDY of I like that's why I created the podcast. Like I see things from my Jewish values or or culture or history in these different areas, and I'm I'm struggling to pick out one that I feel is a good example. I would say go back and listen to any episode we've done. That's based on a TV show. And just go back and listen to the episodes. They're great for a second time around. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I could pick a TV show out because I can find Jewish values in like in most of them. And granted, some of them have very Jesus archetypes or Jesus tropes built in the storyline, right? Like Smallville, right? It has obvious Jesus tropes built into the first season. But there's also some really great like growth and learning and finding a teacher and other themes throughout the rest of the series. I don't I know. If I... think a lot of the Jesus tropes in the modern Superman stories are there just to serve as a polemic against how Jewish the original story was. Yeah, I don't know. This is a rough one. I, I'm going to have to stay with this. Not answer answer. I'm sorry. I can't give you a specific. I'm like looking through these lists of shows that I've watched. I'm like that one, that one, that one, that one. I don't know. They're not. Yeah. Nothing specific, I guess. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. No, no, no. That was great. So last thing I want to touch on, and and Barack, you mentioned it, is my favorite character from Futurama, Dr. Zoidberg. Dr. Zoidberg, as you mentioned, RDY, uh, without knowing it, is a character who speaks with essentially what we would call like a Northeastern Jewish accent. He's also essentially a walking lobster. So we already have a little bit of, yeah, we already have a little bit of fun parody and playing around there where the kind of coded Jewish character is uh, 
Shellfish. Is, yeah. is yes, is shellfish. It makes me think of I don't think it was Porky Pig. It might have been Tiny Toon Adventures, but like one of Porky Pig's relatives is depicted as Jewish in one episode, which made my mom laugh, as I recall. <laughs> um but he and his entire species are played as like a parody of, of Jewish culture. And what's important to note is this is a loving parody of Judaism and Jewish culture. We had the joke of Hillel uh, mentioned earlier, which obviously like if you're in the know, you think that's hilarious. And if not, you're like, okay, what was that joke? There's a moment where we meet Dr. Zoidberg's mother who was like, I'm so glad I pressured you into being a doctor. No, he's not a very good doctor, but he he became yeah. a doctor. Um, and and everything he does makes me laugh. Uh, Barack. Yeah. I would love to do my Dr. Zoidberg impression. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> good luck. Let me clarify. This is Dr. Zoidberg eating something. Well, we Thank didn't get a lot of sound on that one. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Zoom, Zoom filtered that. Okay. You, um, can you do it? Wait, can you do a voice impression instead? I cannot do a voice. I can only do a lot of eating. (laughs) Yeah. Very curly. Yeah. And and that's, and and yeah. And so I was going to ask about that. Like he's, he's almost like one of the stooges in the way he is treated by the others in the way he interacts with others. Yeah. Yeah. All three stooges were Jewish. Thank you, Adam Mm -hmm. Sandler for that bit of education. Yeah. So I, I just love Dr. Zoidberg. Uh, There's, the other half of the bat mitzvah joke RDY is he attempts to enter this bat mitzvah and they close the door on him and say, no shellfish. Well, there you go. <laughs> oh That's man. Like this time in Florida at temple Sinai, there was a crab in the ark. Oh my gosh. And it was just hanging out, you know, it's Florida. It's wet. When it, when the water level gets high, you see creatures. And so the senior rabbi quipped to me, I don't know what everybody's problem in. He's safer here than anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Did did they count him for the minion? <laughs> it's like Zoidberg counts for the minion. Well, we were already opening the ark when we found him. That's so funny. Oh, boy. Well, uh, I do have a question. Yeah. Zoidberg is obviously, um, you know, has has a lot of things that we would classify as being Jewish. He is, uh, you know, speaks with a bit of like a Yiddish accent. There's some parental guilt. There's definitely like the Jewish humor element there. I, in my research, discovered a website. You'll never guess what it's about. It's called JewOrNotJew.com. Okay. I've seen that. And they have an article about Dr. Zoidberg. <clears throat> Barack, and I suppose RDY with your knowledge <laughs> of Futurama, would you say Dr. Zoidberg is Jewish or not Jewish? And I'll, I'll read you what you are not Jewish. Jewish. I'm going to answer Jewish. You're going to say Jewish. Say Jewish. Yeah? yeah. I'll vote with Barack. <laughs> Jew or not Jew says not a Jew. Why not? Just He's just stereotypical with just one of those like people that you think is Jewish. So it says the show never outright defines Zoidberg as Jewish. Yeah. And then it it spends a paragraph saying not enough of a a reason for me. Well, so, well, we can debate this. Yeah. Then second, it's they devote a paragraph into saying that he's a lobster squid hybrid, which means he's not kosher. But I don't know that being kosher is a prerequisite for being. We don't all we don't even people. Humans are not kosher either. Yeah, I was. was Yeah, it doesn't doesn't help. 
but as a crustacean and as someone who uh, does, you've been referring to him as he, so does he have the appropriate parts for which a Brit Mila would be required? <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I do not. I don't know think so. Actually, anatomy. I don't think so. I think they reproduce slightly differently. Yeah. So That's I would say, hysterical. so based on the fact that he's a crustacean, not a Jew, not a Jew. Oh, well, so uh, third paragraph again they say doesn't wear a yarmulke doesn't go to shul doesn't story you know study torah but like could be reform right no it's Uh, not just reform it's like half of israel too right yeah yeah a secular jew yeah so here's here's where it gets interesting quote now here's where our in-depth knowledge of xenozoology comes in handy aka (laughs) watching star trek on star trek they encounter all sorts of theme planets There's the Greek planet, the Roman planet, the Native American planet. You get the point. None of the people on these planets are Greek, Roman, or Cherokee. They just happen to look and act that way. So they assert that Zoidberg is from the Jewish planet, which is not actually Jewish, but in Star Trek terms, they kind of take on some of the characteristics of it. So Hmm. I happen to disagree with this article. Because I think other than the slightly convincing Star Trek argument, which I suppose I'm a little biased (laughs) and inclined to agree with, everything else uh, doesn't feel like that's actually what defines being Jewish or not, you know? Right. And we meet, right, as you said, we meet the mother who acts very much like him. And, you know, maybe they grew up on the Lower East Side of his lobster planet Mm -hmm. and they just like stopped. Maybe she got in a fight with the temple president, stopped going and... (laughs) <laughs> just became community members it's like people in their neighborhood became their jewish people i mean we all know that in star trek they have to have the jewish planet and then the other jewish planet they refuse to step foot on uh-huh. <laughs> sorry i like that one thank <laughs> you uh yeah so i'm i'm gonna vote he's actually jewish yeah i'm gonna vote that way too well, y'all, that kind of exhausts my questions. Do y'all have anything you'd want to bring up and chat about? I would just love to mention a little bit on the, the one Futurama. The writers are genius. Yes. There's so much background behind the scenes, under the covers type of methodology or thought process or intelligence going to it. Like even the opening credit scene has 30th century Fox because it takes place so far in the future that instead of having a 20th century Fox or 21st, they have a 30th century Fox opening screen, but it's so smart that there's an episode of Futurama where the characters switched bodies and they had to figure out how to switch them back because there was a reason you couldn't switch to the person you had you before there was like some rule about it. And so they couldn't just swap back. There always had to be another person or pair. And it got to the point that the writer, one of the writers who holds like a PhD in mathematics actually wrote a theorem to explain how they could switch bodies. And that theorem is now an actual mathematical theorem. Futurama created a mathematical theorem. I'm so glad you brought this up. So yeah, Futurama writer Ken Keeler, who happens to hold a PhD in applied mathematics, developed a theorem for an episode. So the background, and this is from the infosphere.org, which I believe is the Futurama wiki. 
so they there's a mind switching device created uh, that oh, and only afterwards did they realize that when two people have switched minds they can never switch back with each other yeah so uh throughout the episode the characters try to find a way to solve the problem using two or more additional bodies and in the end the solution is shown in action and and on a board and so they actually had to build a proof and an equation for for solving this problem they didn't have to but he did and it's amazing that they did but that's how genius and smart these writers are i was gonna say that describes a lot of nerd things we didn't have to but we did (laughs) but we did right because it was there because it was there yeah uh barack i have to just say ditto i truly love futurama i knew it was revived and kind of stopped thinking about it and i was preparing for this episode i realized oh Latest update is new episodes come out this summer. So, listener, by the time you get to this episode, there might be new episodes of Futurama to watch. Oh, I'm so excited. What a gift. Yeah. A gift indeed. So, thank you for joining me today. I had a lot of fun talking about Futurama. RDY, if you're looking for something to to watch soon. I know, right? I've got to watch some Star Trek. I've got to watch some Futurama. I'm starting to feel like Miriam Anzevin is going to come and beat me up for not having the nerd, <laughs> not having enough nerd cred background. It's okay. No, this was, I loved Futurama. So fun. I watched it. I want to say post-college, there was a point when I was like catching up on shows when I was, you know, in my downtime. And this was one of the ones that's like, I have to watch that. So good. So nice. Good. Well, that'll do it for this episode of torah smash our fiscal sponsor is jewish creativity international our theme music was created by sean fogel you can check out sean's bands and studio work at www.thesleepywest.com if you enjoyed today's episode be sure to rate and review us wherever you listen it helps others find us and is an excellent way to support the podcast we want to hear from you and continue today's nerdy discussion go to torahsmash.com to find where to connect with us online purchase swag from our store support us with a donation find previous episodes and more and that finally means that it's time to shut down the recording i'm sorry barack i'm afraid i can't let you do that so cool i should have met i have leela is one of the characters names my aunt's name is leela was leela no oh. like it's a jewish name ish right maybe not yeah jewish rama